Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, a couple of top angles on the Hamas-Israel war. The release of hostages has gotten a little closer, according to a Biden aide. And Israel's military says a video that they have shows a tunnel under a hospital where there was recent fighting. Let's get to Ed Baxter in San Francisco with all the latest, Ed. Yeah, Brian, you're right. Qatar's prime minister says only minor obstacles to reaching a hostage deal between Israel and Hamas. Uh, PM Sheikh Mohammed Al-Thani saying that good progress has been made in the past few days and that U.S. Deputy National Security Advisor John Finer on ABC Echoes, is heard on Bloomberg, by the way, says he can't directly comment because of the sensitivity on timing, but... The hope is very good. What I can say about the state of the talks, and, and the Prime Minister of Qatar has said something similar uh, this morning, is that some of the gaps uh, have now narrowed. Uh, some of the issues that were uh, at odds uh, have now uh, been closed out. But we are not finished. Uh, there is not yet a, a deal in place. Yeah, Feiner says he believes a majority of the hostages are alive, though. I do believe that a significant number, uh, and, and, and most likely uh, the majority and even the vast majority of hostages are alive. Uh, we are certainly operating under that assumption. And the aid says, uh, the EU says that uh, uh, it's getting aid into Gaza every day through Egypt now. EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. Egypt is truly providing a lifeline to Gaza. And the European Union is making full use of this lifeline to address the humanitarian needs in Gaza. She says flights every day. Meanwhile, Israel is facing increased scrutiny over the military activity in and around Al-Shifa Hospital, says it has now released a video showing evidence of why operations had to be carried out this way. It shows a tunnel under Al-Shifa Hospital. And ABC has heard here on Bloomberg, Israeli ambassador to the U.S., Michael Herzog, says stashes of weapons. We found a lot of weapons, we found computers, we found a lot of things, we found tunnels. We're now searching these tunnels, they're all booby-trapped, but we are in the process of searching these tunnels and we show our findings to the world. While we were there, we're still there. And Herzog says the hospital continues to function. 
Rosalind Carter, Jimmy Carter's first lady, has passed away. Rosalind Carter has been a tireless humanitarian both during the administration and after. She was also a mental health advocate of the First Order. Uh, she has been under hospice care. She was 96 years of age. Russia's hit Kiev with a second night of drone strikes. Ukraine says shot down 15 to 20 shared drones launched from uh, Krusk across southern Russia. Ukraine has launched an effort to support truck drivers stuck for days in the Ukrainian Polish cross-border points because of the strike by Polish truckers. A group of U.S. lawmakers has blasted Elon Musk and plan to ask him to retract his backing for an anti-Semitic post on X. Congressman Jamie Raskin on CNN's State of the Union says absolutely outrageous. I thought it was outrageous and dangerous. Um, And, you know, we'll be taking action with colleagues this week um, to write to him, to ask him to uh, renounce those comments and to clean up his act. He says so-called white replacement theory has led to shootings and incidents of hate crime. Musk has denounced the report saying he is not anti-Semitic. And hedge fund manager Bill Ackman is defending Musk saying he is not not an anti-Semite. That's his word, says Musk is not perfect, but the world is a vastly better place because of him. Well, let's take a look at the top business stories of the hour. OpenAI's biggest investors, including Microsoft, want to bring Sam Altman back as CEO after the board had fired him on Friday. We hear that Altman is open to the idea, but wants to see some changes, including the removal of existing board members. A deadline has been set for 5 p.m. San Francisco time for the board to accede to the demands of Altman and his supporters. Before Altman was fired, we're told he was actively working to raise funds from some of the world's largest investors for a new chip venture, an AI chip venture. It's codenamed Tigris. We get the story from Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow. Sam Altman was speaking with people like SoftBank, who are desperate to invest in OpenAI, and Mubadala, which is the kind of private investment arm of the United Arab Emirates. And my understanding from sources is that those two firms in particular really wanted to get a piece of OpenAI. But what Sam Altman said was, well, you know, now's not kind of the right time for you guys to, to invest or get in, but how about investing in this other project? that I'm working on. What we know about the project is that it hopes to make what are called tensor processing units or TPUs. That's Ed Ludlow. He says that data center chips can manage high volume AI workloads. We're told Altman's chip venture has not yet been formed and the talks with investors, well, they were in the early stages. We're hearing the investment firm Blackstone is now the lead bidder for a huge chunk of property loans from the failed Signature Bank. The story from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Sources say Blackstone is the front runner to win a $17 billion portfolio of commercial property loans from this FDIC sale. Regulators seized the failed bank in March. They've been marketing about $33 billion in real estate loans, some backed by retail, industrial office, and apartment buildings. Others said to have been or be interested in bidding include Starwood Capital and Brookfield Asset Management. And investors overall are also watching the sale closely as they try to get a handle on prices in a largely frozen commercial real estate market. Signature was a big lender to New York City landlords, including the owners of rent-stabilized and rent-controlled units, but we're hearing those apartments are not part of this possible Blackstone deal. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Radio. Citigroup could be getting ready for a new round of job cuts. Bloomberg's Leslie Lotto reports. 
The sweeping reorganization could start as soon as Monday. The first major wave in Chief Executive Officer Jane Frazier's overhaul to simplify the sprawling lender and shave down five layers of management. The company has said the cuts would begin by the end of the month and continue through the end of the first quarter. They've not said exactly how many people would lose their jobs overall, even before the news. Citigroup had racked up about 650 $50 million in severance charges as part of cutting 7,000 positions in the first nine months of this year. Leslie Lotto, Bloomberg Radio. This is going to be the first chance for markets in Asia to react to the Fed speak from last Friday. San Francisco President Mary Daly said policymakers aren't certain inflation is on the path toward that 2% target. However, Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr offered a different take. We're you know, likely at or near the peak um, of where we need to be uh, in terms of having a sufficiently restrictive stance of monetary policy that will sustainably bring inflation down to 2%. And I think the recent economic readings reinforce my view that that is uh, probably correct. That is Fed Vice Chair for Supervision, Michael Barr. By the way, the market will be looking out for minutes from the Fed's last meeting, the November meeting, and what those minutes say about the path of rates. Those minutes are due on Tuesday. Brian? Well, a critical flaw in software from Citrix Systems has been exploited by government-backed hackers and criminal groups. That's according to a U.S. cybersecurity official. Citrix said that the flaw, dubbed Citrix Bleed, was abused by hackers in secret for weeks before it was found. And a fix was issued last month. We hear the U.S. Treasury has also said that it's investigating whether Citrix vulnerabilities are responsible for the recent ransom hack against the Industrial and Commercial Bank, of China, ICBC. Doug? Well, a leading scholar in China is now calling on Beijing to raise the government's deficit spending ratio all the way to 5% of GDP. Bloomberg's David Inglis has more from Hong Kong. Chinese scholar Jia Genliang says China needs to ramp up fiscal spending decisively to support the economy. And this is one way to do it. The scholar says raising the government's deficit ratio would compensate for insufficient demand and resolve the issue of oversupply. The call of 5% is sharply higher than the government's traditional target of 3%. The call might not be too surprising in that Jia is one of China's most prominent backers of modern monetary theory. Jia's advice adds to a chorus of economists calling for more fiscal stimulus to support the economy. In Hong Kong... I'm David Inglis, Bloomberg Radio. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. 
What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. And we are just getting uh, a head, uh, um, a red headline on the uh, on the terminal here about the winner in Argentina. Okay, it goes to Millet. Uh, we're looking uh, at the election results here as the, his opponent Massa has conceded. And now it's time to get to our one of our top stories of the hour. We're hearing that a group of open AI executives and investors have given the board a deadline of 5 p.m. Pacific time or 8 p.m. Wall Street time to reinstate former CEO Sam Altman. Joining us now for some clarity on this story is Rachel Metz, Bloomberg AI reporter. Rachel, thanks very much. I say clarity. I know there's a lot of questions unanswered. A couple right off the bat would be, why was Sam Altman fired? And secondly, uh, what were the conditions? Under what conditions would he be reinstated? These are all good questions. Um, and some of the some of the answer is is confusing or it's complicated. Um, so on Friday, uh, the board ousted Altman, and uh, they they said that they, that there were some reasons for doing so. Um, in fact, they said that he was, quote, not consistently candid with communications with the board, yet it wasn't really clear what that meant. Um, and now it sounds like there's an ongoing effort and things are changing quickly. Um, but a, a group of open AI executives and investors are trying to get Altman back into that role as CEO. And we're still kind of wait, waiting and watching and trying to figure out which uh, way this is going to go in the next few hours. Who are these board members, Rachel, and what other interests might they have? Uh, well, so until Friday, the board consisted of Sam Altman, Greg Brockman. Um, Greg Brockman uh, was the president of OpenAI, and he had been the board chairman. And he actually, he, he had been demoted from his board spot when Altman was ousted, and then he subsequently quit. Um, so it was Altman, Brockman, Ilya Sutskever, the all three of them are uh, open AI, and then three outside board members, um, Adam D'Angelo, who is the CEO of Cora Inc., um, Tasha McCauley, who is a tech entrepreneur, and Helen Toner, who's the director of strategy at Georgetown Center for Security and Emerging Technology. When I first read the line that uh, he was uh, asking for board members to be uh, to be uh, released, uh, I, I thought it must be some board members, but he wants all of them uh, to be uh, to to lose their seats. Um, I mean, it sounds like that's one of the things that um, that he wants to see is the removal of the existing board members, um, as well as what our reporting has has uh, brought out is, is a statement absolving him of doing anything wrong. Um, OpenAI uh, leadership um, has put out memos internally at the company saying that uh, the board hasn't said that there was any, quote, malfeasance um, or anything like that. Um, so it's not totally clear what the board was initially even accusing him of doing when it got rid of him. Now, Mira Murati, the chief strategy officer who became at least interim CEO, she also wants him back, right, as CEO? Uh, I, that's what it sounds like, yes. Yeah, um, so there, 
Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, if that's the case and he does come back as CEO and there is a new board, all of whom he, you know, supports in terms of members, does that then create its own sort of conflict? You mean if he comes at, comes back and she is no longer interim CEO? Correct. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it does necessarily. I mean, I think it, it sort of, I mean, it probably depends on what they work out. But I mean, she was already one of the key leaders of the company. She's been um, CTO for a while now there. And she um, has been positioned increasingly as a leader, often even alongside him, such as uh, at their developer day recently, like earlier this month. Um, they co-hosted a question and answer session with reporters after, uh, aside from the keynote afterwards. Um, so she's increasingly being brought out as leader. And um, I guess we'd have to wait and see what would happen there. But they definitely have a history of working and working well together. Yeah. Um, we covered a little bit of this earlier, but I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit more about Tigris, this new AI chip, because it seems like maybe some movement on this by Altman without perhaps the board's knowledge, uh, maybe that was uh, somehow connected with the firing on Friday. I mean, that uh, the, the board has not said that, but um, uh, we do know that he has been working on some other business ventures, one of them being raising funds for a chip making startup. Um, as we know, making chips is extremely difficult and extremely expensive and extremely time consuming. So um, it, it takes a lot of money to do that. And we'll just have to see yeah. what happens with it. All right. Thanks so much, Rachel. Rachel Metz, Bloomberg AI reporter. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.